Hi everyone, it's Angela. Welcome to our very first module. I'm excited to talk with you a little bit today about something that is absolutely essential to the creation of quality curriculum. And that's a very clear understanding of our vision of the teacher that we wanna be and the legacy that we want to leave behind. Very early on uh, in my life, I knew, like some of you probably, that I wanted to be a teacher. I can remember I had a double bed in my bedroom and friends had given my mother workbooks and textbook materials, probably from some vendor that donated them to their school. And she gave them to me. And that was such a gift. It was the coolest present anyone had ever given me were these real, live, actual, genuine teacher materials. I was overjoyed. And I spent a lot of time arranging my stuffed animals on my double bed in rows and distributing all of those materials to them. I remember one of the, the books was a workbook. It was a consumable and it had the perforated pages. And I can still remember how that book smelled and the sense of satisfaction that I gained from tearing those pages out very neatly and distributing them to my stuffed animals. I would sit at or stand at the foot of my bed and I would teach using a ruler and pretending that the window behind me was actually a chalkboard. That's how long ago I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And I barreled into you know, my studies with tremendous um, enthusiasm that kind of bordered on perhaps um, a bit of unhealthy obsession over planning. But I have always been a planner. I have always been an alignment girl at heart. And so it was really hard for me um, when I was several years into my teaching career and I was confronted by the first set of New York State standards that had ever been given to me. Um, I was fortunate to teach uh, during a time when there wasn't standardized testing and I was also fortunate to teach um, eighth grade English at a time when that was the only English language arts grade four and eight that was giving the New York State assessments for the very first time. All of it has been this tremendous education, right? Um, but through it all, there's always been this very core piece of who I am that loves to design writing experiences for young writers that I hope will make them enthusiastic and capable and confident. I'm not sure I ever had a teacher other than one or two that did that for me. And so when I think about what brought me to this work, it was writing. I didn't grow up in such great places. And I also lived kind of in the middle of nowhere. When I was a kid, you know, there wasn't a lot of television. I didn't even have my own radio until I was, I think, 12 years old. And then it only played AM stations. My mom would take me to the library on the weekends often, but I started writing because I ran out of books to read. So I would write my own and read them back to myself. And writing became one of the only vehicles for coming to know myself 
that I really had inside of a situation that was pretty painful most of the time and pretty shaming as well. When I was a kid, I was constantly told never to put anything down on paper because other people might find it and use it against me, which made me all the more interested in doing exactly that. And so when I think about my childhood experiences and where I came from and what writing meant to me, I know for sure that that is what motivates me to want to create powerful writing experiences for other young people. For me, writing has always been about developing self-awareness, coming to know myself, keeping myself company, and also being able to seek agency and to be able to speak up, not just for myself, but for other people too, when they're having harm done to them. Writing is also a way that I connect with other people who are just as passionate about things as I am. If I were not a writer, I doubt I would have many friends because most of the people that I connect to most are people who came into my life through the pathway of writing. All of this stuff matters. And so I'm wondering as you're listening to this, how did you land in the position that you're in right now, where you're thinking about planning writing experiences for next year? How did you decide to become a teacher? And are you a teacher who writes? Or are you a writer who teaches? Or do you simply do one or the other and you feel a little bit wary about the piece that isn't quite in place yet? What difference do you want to make for the writers you serve? I want you to think very specifically about that. I want you to come up with tangible terms. And I want you to take some time, either while you're listening to this right now, or when you're done, grab a piece of paper, maybe a notebook, and I want you to jot down your answer to that question. What difference do you want to make for the writers that you serve? I'm also wondering what you want your legacy to be. Have you ever thought about that? I'm 50 years old now, and the first time someone put that question in front of me, I was at a retreat of my professional learning community. And one of the facilitators, Giselle Martin-Kniep, who is adored and loved and who has left such an imprint on so many people's lives, including mine, she asked me in that moment what I wanted my legacy to be as a teacher. And no one had ever asked me that before. And I wasn't really sure what the answer was. So I need you to know that if you're not really sure of what the answer is, that's okay. Jot down what you do know and know that you don't have to share this with anyone. In fact, all of the work that you do in this course, it's just for you. So I want to make sure that you're using materials and resources that are comfortable for you. I love planning curriculum. If you've skimmed through the workbook at all, 
you're going to see that I love sticky notes. I love building curriculum on foam boards and in my notebook, and I scribble things in there sometimes. They're not always pretty. It can be very ugly and incomplete. And I promise you the curriculum plans that you're going to see inside of the workbook, they're not finished yet either. I just started building them. But what I love about them is that they're movable. They're mixable. I can pull some sticky notes off of these boards and throw them out. I can add other ones over time as I get new ideas. I cannot tell you how often I'm walking in the morning and something comes to me, a resource that I want to use or a connection between concepts that's incredibly powerful that I hadn't thought of before and I want to teach into that. And I'll go home and I'll scribble that on a sticky note and I'll slam it into my notebook or on one of these foam boards and then I'll go to work and I'll do something else all day long but I'll feel good about the fact that I didn't lose that tiny idea. If you're one who wants to be locked on the computer, that's great. And you're more than welcome to use spreadsheets or a curriculum mapping tool of your own choosing. But what I want you to know is that this course is about prototyping. It's not about perfect. And when it comes time for you to translate your work for other audiences, like your colleagues or an administrator or the families that you serve, you're, you're going to translate this into another form using a mode that is perhaps more appropriate for those audiences. But what's so important about our work together right now is that I want it to be creative and messy and incomplete, and I want it to have lots of breathing room. I want there to be a lot of texture in this work. I want you to hold things in your hand. I want you to be able to move around. I want you to plan curriculum while you're gardening, if you feel like it. I want you to be able to think about it at the beach. And I want you to know that that rumination, that reflection, that thinking, that is tremendously important and we don't spend enough time there. So I have no desire to rush you to a keyboard. I have no desire to have you create a perfect product. But I do want to create a plenty of opportunity for you to do things that are unexpected and delightful and that fill you with joy and that get you excited about going back into the classroom again. So I invite you to take some time to look through the workbook that accompanies this course to get a sense of what our outcomes are and to start to capture your wishes and worries. I want you to create a vision board this week. What's a vision board? I'd love for you to Google that word because you're going to see gorgeous examples of vision boards online and especially on Pinterest. A vision board contains all sorts of diverse media that reminds you of who you are and the difference you wanna make as a teacher and the legacy that you wanna leave behind. Whether you build a vision board on the wall behind your desk in your office or in your notebook, doesn't matter to me. You don't have to show it to everyone Although I would love to see pictures if you're willing to share. And I don't share anything unless I have people's permission. So your secrets are safe with me. Once you've built your vision board and you have a sense of what it is that's most important to you, I would love for you to take a peek at pages 9 through 14 in the workbook as well. That's how you might invite young writers of all ages to do visioning work as well. And here's what I want you to think about. What if 
you articulated a vision in writing and your students articulated their vision of the writing life that they would like to lead. And what if you compared them? What if you looked for trends in that shared data? Doing so will help you understand what the shared vision is between yourself and the writers that you serve. And that shared vision can form the foundation of the writing community that you will create together. This week, I invite you to join me at office hours. I will be available from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday and 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday as well. The link to the Zoom room is in our Pace Yourself course proper. I invite you to use it and jump in. And here are some of the things that you might want to share. You might look over the course objectives that are at the beginning of the workbook and come up with some wishes and worries. What do you want to make sure I speak to in this course? And what are you worried about? You might take some time to create a vision board or to reflect in your journal around what you want your vision to be. You might talk about it with a friend and then come and share out what you discovered or uncovered from that conversation. You might also share out the standards that emerged from your vision. And if you take a peek inside of the workbook, you're going to notice on page seven what my vision is and what my standards are. I need to say this because it's important. If you're not clear about what your vision is and what your standards are, every time there's a new mandate, every time there is a new crisis, you will sacrifice yourself in service to that vision. If you know what your vision is and you know what your standards are, each time there is a crisis, each time there is a new policy or a new mandate, You'll feel empowered to strip that experience of every bit of potential it has to help you achieve your vision. When you look at my vision and you look at the standards that are on that page, some of you may not know me well, but quite a few of you who are registered for this course, you do and you keep up with me. Do you see what I've done this year to continue living in alignment with my vision? and meeting my standards. Even though I couldn't go into a school, I couldn't work with young writers face to face, nobody was touching Play-Doh or loose parts or making writing the way I imagined we would this year. So much was not possible and so much was. So I want you to take some time this week, get clear about your vision, Think about how you might invite writers to share a vision of their writing life and how together you might look for what you have in common because that'll form the foundation of your writing community. Come and join me um, for open office hours. I would love your feedback on what we're doing so far. 
I'd love to know more about how I can make this experience better for you as we're moving forward too, because everyone is different. Um, and this is my first attempt at doing this sort of thing. So I really appreciate your feedback and I'm very grateful that you're here. Have a good week, everyone. I hope I see you in office hours. And if not, come find me on social if you need me.